Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 102, Sergius II. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Hey everyone, we left the story off last week with this turmoil in the Carolingian Empire in France and Germany, and with Saracen raiders moving in on Italy. And with all these difficulties, we now come to the election of our 102nd Pope, Sergius II. Sergius was born in Rome in either 785 or 795 to a noble family. In fact, he was related to Pope Stephen IV. Sergius was orphaned early on in his life, and he was raised in the Lateran Palace. St. Leo III made him an acolyte. Stephen IV made him a subdeacon, and St. Paschal I ordained him a priest and assigned him as the cardinal priest of San Silvestro in Capite. And he was named the Archpriest of Rome by Gregory IV, and he served in that role for many years. In January of 844, Gregory IV died, and the clergy supported by the nobility settled on Sergius for Pope. However, between the election and consecration of Sergius, a deacon named John decided he himself wanted to be Pope, and he got together a small mob and broke into the Lateran Basilica. But only an hour later, the mob was dispersed and they, when they heard that the authorities were coming to evict them. So John was arrested, and though many of them were asking for his death, Sergius insisted they be placed in a monastery. And this brief little incident adds John to our growing list of anti-popes, so we, we got that going for him. Sergius II was consecrated Bishop of Rome in late January of 844, and it's notable that the people of Rome did not wait for the approval of the Holy Roman Emperor. It's possible that this was a protest move, but it's more likely that the concern over John's use uprising made it more pressing to have a pope there and consecrated. So apparently they just decided to skip that formality. But that didn't go over very well in France. The Emperor Lothair was fairly angry that he didn't get to play a role in the election, and so he sent his son, Louis II, with an army to Italy to set things right. And as the army drew closer to Rome, it began to pillage the countryside. But in the face of this prospect, Sergius was cordial and diplomatic. He sent nobles to meet Louis outside Rome, who escorted him into the city to the steps of the Basilica of St. John Lateran. And there, with the large doors of the basilica symbolically closed, Sergius met Louis and began a process of negotiation. It took some time for Sergius to convince Louis of the legitimacy of his election. In fact, negotiations lasted a year. But after Sergius and the Roman people swore to uphold the Roman constitution, which had been earlier signed, Louis relented, and to cap it all off, Sergius anointed Louis the king of the Lombards. Now before we turn to more Carolingian drama, we have to look at the character of Sergius himself. The Liber Pontificalis, who along with the Carolingian historian Liputrand of Cremona, are primary sources for Sergius's life, and the Liber Pontificalis is not a big fan of Sergius. The biography in the Liber Pontificalis describes him as being slovenly and a glutton. We know for sure that he suffered from gout, basically couldn't walk or get around in his later years. He seems to have been quite cranky and lazy, according to the biography. And the Liber says that he basically ceded all authority to his equally brutish brother, Benedict, who basically act, acted as a small tyrant in Rome. Now, we've seen attacks like this in the past on popes, and usually charges are trumped up a little to make things sound worse than they are. But I think we probably need to see some truth here. Sergius II was not a saint, and he was certainly not a great and holy pope. Now back to the Carolingian drama. If you remember, the Frankish Empire had been split with the two major players being Charles the Bald and Lothair. 
Two archbishops in France had been deposed because they ended up on the wrong side of various civil wars in the empire, and they asked to be reinstated. Sergius, however, refused to do so because he didn't want to upset Charles the Bald, whose territory they were in. One of the bishops, a man named Ebo, the Archbishop of Rems, would protest Sergius until his death, prompting Sergius to call a council in Trier to try and settle the matter. But now we have other problems than a disgruntled French bishop. Raiders from Sicily, who, if you remember, had been under control of the Saracens, invaded and attacked Rome on August 23, 846. Sergius and his brother Benedict had been warned in a letter 13 days prior that they might want to prepare for an invasion, but they did little to prepare. Apparently, they they gotten so used to reports of raiding up and down the coast that they didn't think this one would be a big deal. Now, the Saracen raiders didn't get inside the walls of Rome, but St. Peter's and St. Paul's were both outside the walls at this time. Now, when you see St. Peter's today, it's inside the walls of Rome, and we're going to find out how that happened next week. But at, at this point, it's outside the walls. So the Saracen raiders sacked the basilicas, carrying tons of precious relics and jewels away. Apparently, however, the bodies of both saints were not removed. The Romans, once they realized the Saracens were coming for the city, had covered over St. Peter's grave with rubble to prevent his body from being removed. And likewise, St. Paul's sarcophagus seems to have been left behind. The gold and the silver, however, the altars, the doors, they were all taken. The Saracens ended up settling down in the city of Gaeta, where Louis II attacked them, but he was repulsed. And they only left the Italian peninsula later when the Duke of Naples sent a fleet to drive them out. But the response to this raid by the Saracens is going to have to wait till next time, because on January 27, 847, Sergius II died suddenly. He was buried in St. Peter's Basilica, and he was succeeded by Pope St. Leo IV, and we will talk about him next week. Thanks for listening to Habemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Thank you, and God bless you.